welcome to the Bartow Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I am your host, Cole. And I would like to give a shout out to our sponsors today. Live and Love Local Bartow, Evolve Lawn and Landscaping, Crosswired Electric, Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Holiday Inn Express. Thank you to all of our sponsors today, and let's get right into the show. All right, guys. How's everybody doing today? Doing what? Doing better than a couple days ago. Doing yeah. better. I am very glad that this <laughs> podcast, we didn't do a show on Sunday. Yeah, likewise. We went to one. It gave me some time to decompress after that game Friday night. And, uh, hey, it was a great season, but came up a little short. So Early. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. I uh, want to welcome a special guest in the studio today with us. Um, like I said, it's Cole and Intern West, but we got Freddie Stevenson here. How you doing, sir? Good. How y'all doing? I appreciate doing you coming well. over and coming coming on the show. Appreciate you having me. Well, let me let's tell everybody real quick how why you're here. Mm-hmm. All right. So I reached out to Freddie because I seen a comment on social media that he made after the game, and it was I said to him, you know, took shots at, but it, he wasn't really taking shots at the coaching staff. He just made some statements about what needed to be done at the end of the game or during the game. Adjustments weren't made, and it—I'm it, <clears throat> not going to say it bothered me, but I know the power that you have over those kids. Mm. You know, so seeing an eight and zero season like us following them, believing in what Coach Tate's doing, and then seeing that comment, which I've seen a lot of comments, yeah. but those comments didn't bother me. Your comment, because you guys on the sideline, you know, I've seen uh, Terrell on the sideline, Leggett. You know, you guys put on at least the college helmets that these kids are looking up to. And if you question a coach, then I'm thinking, well, maybe the kids are going to look at that and maybe not have the same respect for the coaching staff. That's kind of where my mind went initially. But I wasn't going to bring that up without talking to you first. So when me and Freddie talked today through Messenger, and then they just got to the point, hey, why don't you come on the show? And he wanted to come on today so so we could discuss these things. And, Cole, this is one of the things when we started this show, this is what a podcast is about. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be able to express your opinion yep. and, and tell people what you think. And, listen, Coach Tate's been coaching a long time. He's not going to get hurt feelings over some comments. <laughs> okay, I don't know a lot of the coaches over there, but I know the Tates, they ain't going to get hurt about somebody saying we should play the different coverage or something like that right yeah um but we definitely want to have our own opinions and i put it on the facebook page it's like hey we're not gonna step or we will step on toes what do y'all want to hear and and people were interacting and that's a good thing i think it's good for the program i think it's good for the kids to hear different perspectives so that's why i reached out to you um, but I was off. Like you said, look at my other post. And, and I didn't doubt that. I know you're a Bartow guy. and um, So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But for those that don't know who you are, all right, and most of our fans listening do know you, but you know, I sent some videos today of Cole, um, of you playing at FSU and stuff. So tell the fans that are listening a little about yourself. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go to Florida State, um, win a nice championship my freshman year, had a pretty decent career. Played in the senior bowl, had the opportunity to get a shot in the NFL, didn't work out, and just been transitioning in life, doing my things in the community, trying to give back, and just tell my story to people um, about that that life in college and after high school as well, trying to chase that dream of the NFL, and we all have that vision of making it, but none of us believe that there's a possibility of it not working out. 
and everybody puts their eggs in one basket and then it doesn't work out for whatever it may be, injuries, political reasons. Guys never expect that to happen, but it happens. Right. And I had a talk with um, Herb Street on my other show the other day. He talked about it deeper in depth. And I think it's a message that every athlete needs to hear because I was one of those guys. I remember we would have all these different speakers come in and they would talk to us about the success rate in the NFL. And none of us like, man, that's not going to be me. I'm different. Like I'm a different breed. <laughs> nobody, nobody believes it can be them. And then something doesn't go your way. You don't end up in the right system and it can be you fast at that level. So just going, going back and trying to help guys out in the community and mold, mold these guys, give them the information that I didn't have. Picking these agents, making the right decision. When you're going to college, these guys don't understand these things, and it's so big. It's so big. And I try to give back any way I can, just telling my story. And that's pretty much I do a lot of other stuff in, in the world as well, but that's my biggest goal, giving back to people from my community. I see you're an author, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the book about? <laughs> Um, it's about my life story. I started off in poverty, um, homeless. I was homeless. Overcame a lot of different obstacles to get where I was at. And it's it's crazy because I talk about all the different odds you have to overcome just to be able to make it to the NFL. I remember it was my junior season, and I had no offers. Like these kids these days, they got all the offers. In eighth and ninth grade, it's crazy with social media. We didn't have that platform in high school. So, well, it wasn't this big. So my junior year, I had only played linebacker for one of my sophomore season, and I was still kind of learning it. And my junior year just clicked. But at the end of the season, I was like, man, I don't have any offers. I started to worry. My senior year is coming up. And then, like, the second to last game, I broke my fibula. Broke Ooh. my fibula, broke my ankle, shattered a few bones in my foot. And I lost all the cartilage in my in my foot. So the doctors were telling me, yeah, you're, you're just going to have to worry about being able to walk again. Like, you're not going to be able to play again. And I remember telling the the, te- the um, doctor, I was like, you don't know me. Like, <laughs> like, I've been through more than this. Like, everything I've been through up to this point, I'm going to get through this. And I bounced back my senior year. And I remember when I was going through the re- recovery process, I was crying, crying, like, man, I don't got no office. My career's over. It started to get to me. And I remember I had a surgery. I think it was November 11th, 2012. I had the surgery. Then I had to come back in December for a second surgery. And I was bad mouthed for, like, three to four months. No schools are calling me for, like, two two months. And then I get a call in late January. I'll never forget it. I was talking to my pops. Like, man, I ain't going to be able to play college ball. It's like, just trust the process, get back healthy. That's all you can control right now. I got a call from UMass, and they're like, we like your film. I didn't know why they were calling me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like literally bad bound, like I can't get up. And he was like, we like your film. We want to extend your offer. So I'm like, all right, I, got, I know I got one school where I can further my career at. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed every day schools just kept calling. And when I got that offer from UMass, you would have thought it was the top school in the country. They like they would have just won a national championship the year before. I just <laughs> burst into tears because I was at a point where I wanted to give up. I'm hearing all these doctors say I won't be able to play again. And then schools are taking chances on me. I ended up bouncing back. Had a monster year my senior year. 
I got to talk to the legend. They, they said I had like 87 tackles. I finished like with 140 that year. <laughs> so when I see that in the legend, they had this player of the year. I was like, 87, no way. I had that through like the first five games. But um, I finished with a monster year my senior year. Went on to Florida State. But it just goes to show you like all the different obstacles. It could have easily went the other way to where I wasn't able to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what guys don't understand. Like just getting that knowledge from somebody like myself or other guys around the area that have been through this process. And that's one thing I'm big on giving back to the community. Yeah, Cole. I mean, what he's talking about there is is guys preparing themselves, what he was talking with uh, Kirk Herbstreet on on his podcast. They were talking, you know, guys preparing, there's more to life than football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so guys are going to train, train. I just want to get to college, want to get to college. And well, you, when you get to college, you're going there for a reason. Like you're getting a degree. What are you going to do after football? Because it's going to end at some point. Yeah. You know, and, and what Kurt uh, said on the show, I didn't even realize that he didn't. He had like zero interest in bouncing around. He just he just cut ties with it and and went into broadcasting. So yes, it, it's a big thing. That's why I told you about this podcast, Cole. We start a pot. You start a business. Yeah. You own a business now. You're 13. Prepare yourself, you know, you want to be an athlete and you and you do the best you can. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to prepare yourself for life. And I, I commend you on, on doing that and giving back to the community. Seeing you on the sidelines for, um, I didn't, were you at the Lake Wells game? Yeah, I was at the Lake Wells game and the Winter Haven game. Okay. So, yeah, I got to see a bit though. The most impressive win to me was the Winter Haven game because Winter Haven got hot. Yeah. Oh. And, it's hard sometimes to weather those storms, but then that's when I that was my first time seeing them, and I didn't really know what to expect. I had heard all the hype before mm-hmm. I came back down, <laughs> and I saw them get hot, and I was like, "Boy, this is our first test of the season, so we're gonna see how we respond." And for them to find a way to win when Winter Haven got hot, and it didn't seem like we really had answers. And then people got a lot of you've seen a lot of fans in the stands; they were getting riled up and stuff like, "Oh no, we're losing to Winter Haven." I'm like, "Listen, this is Winter Haven Bartow." Tate versus Tate, they know each other. Last year it was between these two to go to the playoffs. This is just a game. I, I knew it wasn't going to be a blowout the whole entire game, but yeah. Tate's going to adjust, and they're going to find a way to get back into this ball game. We got to respond. So for them to weather that storm was major, and I think it showed that the team was taking that next step. Right. Yeah, I agree there. I mean, early on, I mean, 19-0. to zero. What, what are you thinking at that point? I was getting ready to go home. <laughs> I think everyone was. I was like, hey, man, it's my first game. I done wasted money to come. <laughs> 19 to 0, and it was like first quarter, I think, or if no, not it, second. I think it was going into the second. Yeah. The second half. Either way, that's impressive at any level of football, you know, to be up that much to zero. And I mean, there, there wasn't just, there was just nothing going Winter Haven's way from the beginning onside or pooch kick, excuse me. To begin the game, um, kind of caught Winter Haven off guard, I'm assuming, there, because they Barto recovered it, surely. And uh, 19-0, and as you mentioned, Freddie, I, I, I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but at that point, I, I was thinking like you and probably a lot of other people were thinking, is, yeah. oh, this is getting ugly quick. It happened so quick, though. Like you said, I, I felt like you know there was going to be adjustments made in that game on both sides of the ball, and, and both coaches were going to keep their team in it. Yeah, um, but it was a big win. I, I I touched on the Auburndale win a couple episodes ago as being the one for me that kind of stood out. Where I looked at the team and I said, okay, they're different. You know, you yeah. could see it that they you know they had something special going on. 
But um, before we get into the tech game, um, I, when I was I sent Cole and my wife the video of your highlights on at FSU, and there's one play I'll never forget. I think you scored. It was third and one against Florida, and I, they handed you the ball, and I just knew you was going to get it, and I was like, this son of a <laughs> and I think you broke it. I, did you score on that play? I, yeah, I think you. I think you. You might have scored, but it was just, you just needed y'all. You had to score. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> I definitely had to score against Florida. I don't blame you. You and Alex, like it, it broke my heart with y'all going to Florida State. But I don't blame you. Go where you want to go. What's going to be best for your future? That, and, hey, that's y'all fault. I don't. Florida and Miami, man. People don't know Miami was my favorite school growing up. So. When I had the injury, they were giving me the runaround. They didn't know if I would bounce back. So Miami held off on their offer. And then Florida, they wanted to see me work out at Friday Night Lights. And I said, I'm not working out. My film speaks for itself. I know I'm back ready. Y'all will see me play. So Florida State offered. No workouts, nothing. And then Florida and Miami tried to come back late. I'm, I, I early enrolled. So I was going in January. Florida tried to come back, I think, late November. And Miami tried to come back late November after they saw my film. My senior year. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to Florida State. I don't blame you. And watching your highlights, what I was going to ask you, you look like a tailback. Like, oh, yeah. did, did you know, I know you blocked for some great backs up there. Um, but do you think you could have made it as a tailback? Because watching you run, I mean, is man. But I, I know you had, what, Dalvin Cook was there, right? Yeah, um... He used to always bother me about it too. Like when we went to the combine, like that's my boy. Like he would always build me up the team, saying he's not just a fullback. This is a tailback, mm-hmm. and he just went out his way to build me up. So I respected him for that. But I heard it a lot. Like guys, like man, he's undersized and stuff. Because I'm more so. You have your fullbacks that are your bulky guys, your ISO type guys, and then you got your H back. I was more of a fullback tailback hybrid. So. Mm-hmm. If I'd have ended up in the right system, that was more so how I wanted to be used. Like guys like a Mike Tober or something like that. That's that's the type of scheme I would fit in. Well, uh, Wes and Cole, I know you didn't see him play in high school, and this is no disrespect to Maurice Bell, but you guys just covered Maurice for a season. Yeah, <laughs> this man right here was like Maurice Bell to the third, fourth power, and, and I got all the respect. I got all the respect in the world for that kid because he's playing on both sides of the ball and and. And we're going to do team awards next week, and he needs to tune in. But uh, you were something special for Bartow, so Yeah, they got some they got some talented guys out there. We'll get into that a little bit once we start talking. But we definitely got some talent. Bell's a senior, right? Yeah, he back. is, unfortunately. Yeah, I like watching him play. I think he'll get an opportunity at the next level. He's an athlete. I, think, I don't know what they'll play him at. From my standpoint, I know guys have talked to him, talked to me outside, saying they want him to play linebacker. But I think looking from the outside, looking at if he gets a shot, he's going – I think he's looking at him, looking at him play. He kind he kind of reminds – like when I'm watching him, it's like, dang, man, like he can do so much. And like you said, you compare me to him, I'll, I'll look at him, I'm like, man, this kind of like me watching it <laughs> because he can play the defensive side of the ball, but he's an ass – he's – one of the big guys on the team, boy. I'm carried. But one, of your, but one of your best backs. So I think if he gets a shot at the next level and somebody's able to mold him, I think we're looking at an NFL fullback. Yeah, honestly. But his biggest thing at the next level, just with how he's built, they're gonna have to get on his meal plan hard. Like yeah. gonna have to stay straight on it because he can blow up with his size. Like I, was, I don't think I was that big in high school at mm-hmm. all. 
210. Like, and I was the leaner build. He's a bulkier guy. Yeah, yeah. he's about 250, if I'm not mistaken. I think, and I think he's about 5'11", too. He's good size. It's been fun to watch. All right, so let's get into quarter number two, the Bartow versus Tech game. Oh, boy. All right, so. Uh, you Freddy, can start off with this one. Freddy, <laughs> we went to the Tech-Armwood game. Yeah. Uh, we, as a podcast show, was like, when we figured out who Bartow was going to play with this special COVID year, we were like, okay, we want to go see him live. And we picked the Armwood game. One, because Bartow was playing an easy Poinciana or somebody. No, it wasn't Poinciana. Liberty. Yeah. And uh, so we knew we got that in the bag. And then um, we wanted to see him against Armwood, a good, good, talented team. So we did our part as a podcast show. I think we gave the fans that were there, if they listened to the show, an understanding of what Tech was going to do. Uh, we laid it out that number eight was going to be the playmaker. Uh, we laid it out. They didn't run the ball very well. They're a passing team, and they had some. They had a lot of talent. Um, so, having said that, going into the game, you know, you know football, so you know coaches. Okay, they're gonna game plan for number eight. So I went out to practice. Um, they had number eleven, Jordy. Uh, is it? Yeah, Jordy. Yep. Um, they had him, and they had Dathan kind of playing number eight on the show team, and. He was confident. Like, you know, he, he kind of looked over at me and was saying some things to me. And I was kind of <laughs> smiling. And, like, I love the confidence the kid had going into the game. Right. Um, is that why the coaching staff went with him? You know, like, we don't know. So let's talk about that particular thing because that is one thing that several people yeah. online brought up is why Barto did not make an adjustment on number eight. You know, it, it looked like we was in a lot of man-to-man when uh, somebody said maybe go to cover four or Tampa two, you know, I was like, well, if we do, maybe we're going to give up the run more. We were pretty much shutting the run down, trying to make them one dimensional. Um, but, but what do you guys think? I mean, do you think that it was, I don't think they didn't have an answer for it, you know, but when you get beat going deep time and time again, and there's no adjustment, what, what is your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't think Jordy should have covered him the whole game. I mean, he was getting burnt nine times out of ten. I mean, they should have put someone else on him, in my opinion. And and, and Jordy, that's no disrespect to you, son. Okay, because that um, Wes will get into it here in a little bit. That was a heck of a football player you yeah. were playing against. That's that. and and that is not your responsibility. Um, I seen where he made a tweet after the game and where he let his city down and all that. Listen. I want, as a coach, I want the kid that says, Coach, I got him. I, I'll mark that guy. He yeah. can't beat me. Okay? So you keep that same attitude, Jordy. That, that is a great attitude to have as an athlete, and that's what you are. I understand he's a, um, a basketball player on the state championship team as well. So you keep doing that, but you learn from the mistakes that you had in that game. He didn't beat you, you know, just pure out with talent every time. He was doing some things against you, and – and you learn from that. And, yeah. and I, as a coach, I like to see kids make mistakes because that's how you learn. You right. can't be scared to make a mistake. He wasn't scared to go up against the, the, the challenge. And with Cole saying, like, you got burnt, if you, we, that happens. You're right. going to be a DB, that's going to happen. It is. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have an answer of why, you know, we didn't roll some coverage. Like, for myself, I would have liked to have seen uh, Randolph John Jr. on number eight. Yeah. Tech did it. When we went and watched Armwood, the kid that was uh, guarding Dathan, 
he was their safety. Yeah. And they moved him over for the size matchup to match up against Dathan. And, um, you know, with the quarterback out situation, it, it was a little harder for us to get the ball, the timing and everything yeah. on those on those routes. But they couldn't they couldn't guard our receivers, but they had a better matchup there. So Yeah, they did. Freddie, with your experience in the game, what do you think is going through Coach Tay's mind at that point? I mean, are you you just stick with what you game planned all week and ride it out, or okay. does it look like desperation if you try changing it during the game? Um, before I answer that, I want to get into um, Jordy. First of all, I want to say hell of an athlete. I think he's one of the best playmakers on our team. But early on in the game, I think he might have gotten his own head early on. Mm-hmm. And I think Jordy's a guy with all the talent in the world. But talking to him, I told him, you got to, as a defensive back, you got to have a short memory. And I feel like he sells himself short too much. The first play I saw him rattled a little bit was after the defensive, the personal foul on, on him. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that should have been offset, called on both guys. They were going back and forth. But I told I was – Talking with him on the side and letting him know that's ball. So every call doesn't go your way. You got to continue to stay locked in. The next play, great coach is going to see, like, are you locked in? He attacked him. George's eyes were in the backfield. And that's what happened. So um, that first play, it wasn't like he just got beat. He got caught with his eyes in the backfield. And then later in the game, you saw after a turnover, they attacked him immediately. That's what that's what you're going to do after the turnover. You're going to look for a big play. And his eyes were in the backfield again then. On the the third touchdown, I believe that was just, that was good coverage, better played by the offense. Then I think he got beat by him later in the game. That was good coverage as well, just better play like some. And that's what I was telling them: you gonna when you want to play at this next level, you are gonna play against some dogs, but oh, you gotta yeah. get up and keep fighting. Like that's you gonna win some, they gonna win some. You gotta pick early in the game. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. You gotta get up and know. All right, I'm in this for the long long haul. They make a few plays on you, can't shut out, and then start doubting yourself. And I think that's kind of what happened to him. I would have loved to see us help him out a little bit. But at the same time, from Coach Tate's standpoint, does that rattle his confidence a little bit when you do that? He feel That may have rattled his confidence. Right. But I think it would have helped if we helped him out a little bit. See, and I don't think it's a knock against George. You got guys like Sherman, Richard Sherman. He's not a man-to-man guy all the time. One of the top corners in the NFL, more of his own corner. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being that. Like guys make a lot of money doing that. So I just think it's um it would have been good to adjust the game plan. And not even just Jordy. I seen a few players early in the game where the guy opposite of him got beat and it was just overthrown or dropped. And I was like, man, we got both guys that struggling a little bit in this press man with these guys. They can run. Yeah. And I would like to see him help them out a little bit, but it's it's tough. I think even with, and outside of that, they were running those little mesh routes and digging that guy in the middle of the field when we we're in that cover four. Um, what's twenty one's name? Twenty one. He is he a linebacker? I yeah, think. linebacker. I like him. He plays yeah, hard. He does. He, he caught on to it later in the second half. He almost got a pick. They were running that and then they were mixing it up with those little curl routes out of double. And he started catching on to the route concepts and almost got him a pick. And then they just started. Mixing, matching, and trying to isolate eight on the outside. So I think we could have did a good mix of everything. But when the biggest thing for me was I didn't know if we had any checks or what what the case may be. But when we saw that three by one and they had eight in the boundary, 
We should have we should have made a check then because everybody knew what was coming. It was either a slant yeah. or a fade. That's mm-hmm. what when they isolate him, you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. I was calling that from the stands myself, you know. And by no means am I a coach or will I ever be one. But uh, I was I was thinking the same thing. I mean, us being all here in this room today on this podcast, being pretty good fans with Barto, when we see Barto line up like that and Dathan's on the outside, what are we thinking? Yeah, and we're that- thinking is going to Dathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's another thing that's kind of shocking is because we know how hard it is to cover Dathan. Right. I mean, the size that kid has, he's going to be a matchup problem for a lot of teams in the future if, oh, he, yeah. if he continues in, in playing football and not basketball. But I, I, I didn't have an answer. I was asked, and I was like, yeah. But, you know, Coach Tate has forgot more football than I'll ever even thought about knowing. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, you know – he he's not gonna have hurt feelings about us talking about it. He'll, you know, he, he actually came on the Facebook page and and we're live right now for the everybody that's uh, watching. We appreciate you. Um, but he was on the Facebook page saying, you know, I'm the one that needs to take it. You know, step on my toes. Now, when <laughs> I put that, it had nothing to do with the game itself. It had to do with Lynn's situation. Right. So, um, want to talk about that for for a second because um, that was brought up to mention. Oh. Want to say something? Uh, that linebacker we were just talking about, 21, that's Joshua Taylor. He's a senior this year. Uh, okay, I like him. Got some good size to him, 6'3", 190. Um, but he's playing rough out there. He's playing good. The The situation that happened with the quarterback, um, I'll put this out there to administration at the school, um, whether it be Bartow High School or Polk County School Board. You want to come on and, and tell me exactly the what happened, the policy, because I don't understand. All right. Um, what what I do know is this: facts. Kid got COVID at the school in the same class with Lynn. Lynn's the only one in the class that had to quarantine. Why? I think I think the reason is because uh, he sat next to him. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody. You know what I mean? Like, that. okay. Let me let me think of how I want to say this because even at your time, Freddie, you what, what year you graduate? 2013? Okay. I know in 1995, this would not have happened. I'm probably going to say in your time, too, this would not have happened. Yeah. If COVID hit then, and the quarterback of the team, the, the, the star wide receiver, the running back, whatever, one kid, somebody sees that list and handles it. All right. Pull Lynn out of practice. We need to go get him tested. Da, da, da. He's clean. Let's get him tested the next day or two. He's clean. And we're done with this. You don't tell me that a kid sitting one tile over didn't have to get tested. And you took the playoffs from an athlete that may never get to the playoffs again. Yeah. That's not. See, that, this is a situation where adults are making rules. And making policies at the beginning, and they don't know what's going on, which is understandable. Yeah. It's new for everybody. But you have to, as adults and leaders, you have to adjust with the times and what's going on. And yeah, okay, yeah, Frostproof had to sit out, you know, four weeks. And yes, Lake Wales had to sit out four weeks. But things are changing. We, can, we have better testing. We have rapid testing. Okay, if this happens, this situation, what I was told was we requested the. Do, it's like six foot. Let's measure it. Yeah. And they counted the tiles on the floor. So I don't know if Lynn sat. I, I don't understand. Randolph John Jr. was in the same class. Really? He didn't he didn't quarantine. 
Um, Logan Duncan was, I don't know how he came into effect, but he's a, a senior offensive lineman. He had to uh, sit out the game as well, which I found out the day of the game. Right. I remember. Um, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, my mind going to, okay, well, who's this kid that got COVID? Like, are they, did they really have COVID? Now you can't request a, you know, it's a kid, yeah. so you can't request the test result. No. You know, I, I don't know. These kids, it's different now. Because, yeah. like, kids come from all over the place to school. Like, I, I something isn't right. If that if they made that decision based off of just looking at the distance from some tile on the floor, then that y- y'all really need to <laughs> just think about what you did. Because you affected, and somebody said, um, you know, one player don't make a team. Right, I understand that. We come from that. We all play sports. We understand the team concept. But at the same time, you want to be full strength. Yeah. And, and and some of the things, you know, we didn't have uh, great in the backup quarterback, didn't get enough reps all year. We, well, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a crazy year. Yeah. It, you know, you got a quarterback that's hot, that's doing great. Like, there's no reason to. And, but because of a tile on the floor, he has to sit out. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, I would love for the school board or somebody from the school, athletic director, somebody. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to come on, but you can shoot me an email or message me on Facebook and just let me make a statement to let the fans know what's going on. Because Yeah, make some sense out of it. We, we talked about, Freddie, before that game was Bartill dealing with adversity. You know, we haven't seen it all season on the field. Yes, they've dealt with adversity just from the program standpoint and COVID this year. But we were worried about going down in the game and how would that, you know, respond to that. Um, then that hit. It's like, okay, now y'all really got some adversity. Yeah. And, and you know, when you get into a game with, with Tech, with that many talented players that they have, and you're not playing with your number one QB, it, it you know, it, it's a rough thing. And the, really the thing that was really frustrating, which I didn't even think about till the game time, was, you know, Tali did a great job for what he tried to come in and do. He's a senior leader, another heck of an athlete. All right, he comes in, but after the drive stalls out or whatever, he's back on defense. He ain't with the offense and the coaching staff and Coach Rob coaching him up, okay, do this on this play. It was there. No, he's out there on the field. So that's yeah. hard. You know, they, they were put in a bad situation as a team. And I look at it like they were put in a bad situation because of adults making policies and not making it a, a living document. Like, yeah. let's keep updating it. Let's keep changing it. Because there was no reason in the world for him to miss that game. Yeah. He was negative. They could have tested him every day. Until These the college game. athletes are getting, to, like, it's $150 right. like, for a test. He could have got tested every day mm-hmm. leading up to the game and make sure there was no harm or putting anybody else in jeopardy. But they, they, that, that, so that's where I've had a week to calm down from it, because listen, I got to go to the playoffs one time. You know, played three years of high school football, got to go one time. Glad I got to experience it. I missed the dang kick in the field goal, and we lost the game, <laughs> so it really sucked. But I got to go. You know, yeah. and 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 Lynn, he may never get that opportunity again. Right. It's not fair. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to Logan. And it's not fair to all. It's not fair to uh, Tolly, who had to play both ways. Like it, it put everybody in a bad situation. It did. 
So that that's my little piece on that. That's all I'll get off of it. But <laughs> um, it, let's talk about Tali for a second. The kid's a heck of an athlete. Oh my goodness! I w- I wish I wish I really wish we had him for another year. If I'm not mistaken, he's a senior this year. Yeah. But like you mentioned, he was playing on both sides of the ball, and he was he was doing a solid job. More so on defense because I think that's kind of his bread and butter, if you will. But um, I think towards the end, maybe the third or fourth quarter. I'm not sure exactly when. I think he was starting to cramp up a little bit at one point. I saw him go down and kind of hold not only one calf at one point, but both down there in that area. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming just maybe, I mean, from from all the ball he was playing. I mean, he probably played, I don't know how many percentage of the snap, uh, the snaps out there, but just about all of them. And then they got the poor kid running over to the sideline oh, to get the play. I'm like, come on, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Work out some hand signals or something. Going into the game, I was worried about that. Like, what if he gets, what if he gets injured on the defensive side of the ball? Like, what are we gonna do on the offensive side? Or, and I knew cramps may come into play, hydration, and just getting tired. And just, it was tough for him. I, I, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. Like, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't taken reps with the offensive side the whole season, yeah. and then you know coming in. They're going to lower the box and force him to beat them, beat them with the arm. But if there's adjustments that need to be made, like you said, he's on the defensive side. He can't even hear those adjustments on the sideline. So he's coming back to the, the offensive side freestyling again because yeah. he doesn't know what was adjusted over there. So that's tough. It's a tough situation. And I'm with you. I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but that didn't make sense to me. And a little chatter that I guess he was negative a few times. I, yeah, it don't make I sense to me. Heard the same thing. And you got a situation in the NFL right now, kind of similar. So, like, every defensive player, if not the majority of them, on the defensive side of the ball for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, due to contact tracing and COVID, are on the the list. And they could possibly, you know, they're going to take their test every day, if I'm not mistaken, could not be playing. Like, no defensive starter for the Raiders. But guess what? Come that day, they are still eligible to play if the day comes and they test negative. That is at the most elite and professional level of football. Th- those individuals there are setting the example. Why are, Why would we not be following, you know? Yeah. And then and I'll touch on one more thing for the players that are listening. Um, since we're doing little armchair quarterback second-guessing things type of, <laughs> of show, in that situation, so my understanding was the AD or somebody came out to practice to tell Lynn and then our coach and Lynn and then coach had Lynn address the team. So then if you remember, I got the information from a fan. Mm-hmm. So I messaged Lynn and he says it's real. So then I look on social media and, and the kids are posting it. Oh. So that's when I made the statement as the show because I'm like, we're running a podcast. I got a break kind of news. There's, you know, 600 fans on there and 540 of them probably have no idea. So I yeah. put it out there, but I didn't want to say anything about COVID. He's just not playing, but he's fine. Sometimes in order for my theory on how it should have played out to work, there wasn't social media like you said earlier back then. So in the 90s, that would have happened. Nobody would have known about it. All right. So I understand making a statement to the team. And maybe second guess and make the statements of the team and coaching staff thinking about it going, nobody go to social media. Nobody say a word about this. This stays in house. Yeah. Don't talk about it with your friends, your girlfriend, nothing. That way they could have 
But once it went to social media, it's a wrap. It's, a wrap. it's yeah. done. Like you're not playing, and because there's too many loopholes, and well, this team had to do it, and that you keep that stuff in with house. the in house with the team, and maybe would have had a better shot. Now that's just playing armchair quarterback, but that's one of the things that I some things just better off not said. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely right. couldn't agree more. Anything else on the game offensively? Like what? What kind of? We're kind of struggling offensively to start the game. Well, yeah. I mean, not kind of. We were struggling. (laughs) Anything you think that we could have done differently? I mean, um, Tali was doing okay. He wasn't doing doing that bad, but he wasn't doing that good either. So I feel like we should have given um, the ball. I mean... Yeah, the ball to the other quarterback who played. Graydon. Graydon. Graydon, yeah. Graydon did. Because he was throwing the ball well. Graydon did look a little more comfortable throwing the ball than Tolly did. Um, The only thing that Graydon looks like a great, but Graydon's also starting wide receiver. So, you know, now you put him in, now you're to another person. So, he didn't get a lot of reps back there. He he is a talented kid. Yeah. The one pick that he threw. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame any of the quarterbacks for that position going against Tampa Tech. They had some good players on that side of the ball, yeah. but um, I don't know what we could have done differently. I mean, it was right. almost like the plays that worked that we gained yards were passing broken plays that Tolly was just able to scramble out of. Now, Graydon did come in and make some good throws too. Um, and when when our wide receivers caught the ball, they they couldn't stop us. Yeah, they like, were making some moves. And, and let's not forget. Bell, there was a deep pass to Bell that was missed. Um, there was another long pass that was missed. And then I think Tolly missed. He skipped the ball to um, Dathan on a slant. And if that ball would have been in his hands, he'd have scored. There were a couple but, of missed So we had some opportunities there that you look at it and go, we were full strength. That's a different ball game. Yeah. And that part, that's what stings so bad about it. But uh, it's just something that the kids could use for next year to motivate them and and get back because it's going to be tough. I agree. One thing I noted shortly after watching a couple plays unfold, especially on offense in particular, um, once again for like the third or so game in a row, we were missing, I'm I'm assuming he's first string starter, Amarion Baker, the running back. He wasn't out there again this game. Do we know what happened This is like the third one. No, no, I'm not sure. He's number nine. It has to be injury, I would assume. But that kind of left it to the mouths of, of Daryl Davis and Maurice Bell. And, I mean, believe me, they, they, they took that and ran with it. They both did quite well. Um, they both even had some decent plays up against Tech, especially Bell towards the end of the game, you know, not, not getting out of it mentally. He broke away for like 50-plus yards. Fortunately, he fell short right at the end there. But, um, I mean, they still performed, and that's that's something I've talked about before as far as the whole next man up mentality. And unfortunately, that was kind of the mantra of the whole team there for that game, missing Lynn and having Tolly. Does Arion Tolly have to play kind of on both sides of the ball? And, I mean, it was just – it was it was quite the obstacle. And, unfortunately, um, we couldn't come out with a win that one in that game. Yeah. Anything, Freddie, you would have done offensively? No. I, th- I think it's tough um... – with Tali, I I liked I liked the idea a bit because with Tali, you knew they were going to load the box, so you knew there were going to be some opportunities in the passing game. But the biggest thing with Tali not being in the offense, I would have told him like, all right, don't worry about leading your guys, put it right on them because mm-hmm. it's going there's going to be opportunities for you to get wide open shots, 
and they're going. There was some bus on on Tech side, so I would just let them know to to put it put the ball right on them. There were some plays we missed barely when he yeah. was trying to lead the guys. If he just hits them, just hit just hit them. You haven't been in this offense. It's going to take you a while to get in the rhythm. Just hit them. Just hit them and let them run. We don't need it to be perfect. Just get them the ball. And with 15, he looked a lot more comfortable in there. But at that point in the game, I think it was just tough tough for him. He's coming back, trying to lead a comeback. And I think on that interception, he might have second-guessed himself, and that's what led to it. He um, patted the ball, second-guessed his um, decision, and that's what led to the interception. But I think either one could have worked. It's just with the Tali situation, once I seen he just wasn't in the rhythm, I probably would have went to 15 a little earlier. Yeah, I can agree with that. And not to, and to also note on that interception, it, it, it was a hair from not being an interception. Mm-hmm. If I remember, it kind of bobbled off one DB's hands. It's kind of a little tip drill action onto the next one. Uh, number 19, actually, uh, Ishmael Joseph. That's, that's who was pretty much lining up against Dathan the whole game, um, who I noticed he had, he has some good size to him, too. And Joseph, that their safety, which that's another thing to know, that was their safety there lining up on man against Dathan. Um, so it looked like, uh, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, Jason, that uh, they wanted to get someone with some good size, if not equal size, to Dathan and to try and prevent any big plays from happening. Yeah, the plays were there. We knew going in that their defensive backs were not um, – they weren't up to par with our defensive backs. That's what they've seen in practice. Yeah. Um, now making that switch with the safety over there, but Dathan still could have yeah. could have beat that kid. And, yeah. and the couple times that they did hit the little like the little bubble screen out there, yeah. couldn't stop them. You know, eight, nine yards at a pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did take away the deep throw him because we just we didn't have time to throw oh, the ball no there was no time at all unfortunately and that's a good game for those kids on bar two that are coming back to see because it's one thing to look at film and i think the coaching staff really felt like we were going to run the ball pretty successfully against them and and we just didn't have the success but and then they had some big defensive linemen they had some good linebackers so you know props to tech they came in and handled business um but very proud of the the program, and I know you got to be proud, Freddie. You, you know you've seen a lot in the Bartow program over the years, so it's got to be proud for you to see them going eight and zero this season. Yeah, without a doubt, I think the biggest thing for me, first off, um, I want to give Coach Tate and his stuff a shout out. Like Bartow football for the past few years, like before he came in was bad. Like we just come back and it was horrible just coming out to watch them practicing. It had been unorganized, but the biggest, the most impressive thing for me with what Tate has done with this program is he made football at Bartow exciting again when I felt like the administration gave up on it. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating to a lot of guys within Bartow, but Tate found a way to make it work. Now I think the biggest thing I was building on that we had last year were a little controversial. I feel like we got cheated against Winnehaven. Um, should have had a shot in the playoffs last year, but that is what it is. And then you had this year, we got eight and zero season, make it to the playoffs. Got a lot of guys coming back. So now I look at the programs around Polk County that are successful and have been successful for a long time. Looking at basketball, you got Coach McGriff and his squad, known as the top squad in Polk County every year. Then you look at football, Castle. They were down this year, but everybody knows every year Lakeland is that standard. Yep. So, what has made them successful? And that's probably why I rub people 
the wrong way with my post, but it comes down to this. Just that standard is that standard, and you don't, no matter what, if Castle feels like, all right, these guys aren't playing up to the level they should be playing, he's going to call them out, cuss them out, whatever it may be. Or if he feels like he didn't coach or game plan correctly, he's going to hold himself accountable. And I think that's the level Bartos is getting to. That taste shown that, all right, we've been taking steps forward each and every year. So now guys got to understand what it takes to, to be winners. Like the guys, I saw some guys on the sideline, heads were down when they got down early. But listen, y'all want to be champions. This ain't going to be easy. Like, yep. Y'all not going to just blow everybody. Y'all going to have to fight through some adversity. Mm-hmm. And it's just understanding what being a part of a winning coach. You see it every year with your basketball team. You see um, a grip they got down. So most of the championships they had to fight. And people didn't think they could pull them out. And that's just the culture it is. Like, there's a no excuse. And these guys, I think this is, with all these guys coming back, you wanted to pull it out this year. But this is the biggest motiva- motivating piece going into next season. Guys know, okay, even if we get out to a hot start next year, we got to continue to find ways to get better, find that 1%. And that's the, biggest, that's the biggest thing. When you're looking at these coaches, these Lakeland and, this, and the Bartow basketball, that's what it's, it's going to take to stay successful. Knowing that standard, demanding it each and every day, and players demanding it out of each other. And I think, um, I know you reached out to me like you were worried about my posts, rubbing guys the wrong way, players. And I don't even think it's, it could rub them the wrong way because these kids at this age, they're thinking the same thing we're thinking. So if they if they feel like, all right, it should be a change made, they're going to know that just like we're just observing the game from the outside. They know ball just like we do. They're just at a lower level. So they're going to know that, but I don't think it'll – I don't think we have an issue with any of these guys leaving. Like, Bartos building something special. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I'm, I'm going to rub a lot of Lakeland fans wrong. I think we will Lakeland be playing this year. <laughs> that's, that's just just reality I mean, situation. I agree. And I know Lakeland's the standard, but we're building something. Lakeland's stolen everybody's players for so long, and now guys feel like, all right, we're building something special. Barto has the basketball program. Now you're building a football program. Why would guys want to leave? All right. Well, it isn't it isn't a reason to run. So for guys that may consider leaving, there's no re- there's no reason. I stayed at Bartow where I could have went to any school around. Lakeland was calling me every year trying to get me to, and I'm a guy that's from Lakeland. So, <laughs> but I was like, man, I started at Bartow. I'm finna finish here. I I love this program. I bleed orange and blue, and you you see it all the time. I, I'm passionate about my program, but these guys got something special. They got Lynn coming back. They got a lot of guys coming back, a lot of talent coming back. And a lot of these guys are young. Mm-hmm. So they're only going to get better. And Tate's a guy that has a lot of experience. So he's going to use this as a motivation tool. And it may be some things he's looking at on film right now. Like, I could have did that a little better. And things he sees from players. He's like, I'm gonna, I could have did that a little better. And another thing, I feel like we can do a little better job of, as far as, like, I think where Lakeland has this culture, of course, winning. And Bartow basketball winning. But the biggest thing they do that helps them out is bringing back these guys that had success. Bringing them back. Because when you look at these guys, keeping them in these programs, the guys that had success at their schools, those are their heroes. Mm -hmm. They grew up in their areas. So bringing those guys back and, like say, um, I come back all the time. So I'm not talking about me, but 
bringing those guys back. I'll come on the sideline, no matter what the situation is, talk to my team, whatever, whenever a coach needs me to come back because I'll bleed orange and blue. But our guys that are legends in the program, and I think this is more so an administration deal because, like I said, they, they forgot about football for a while. So now football is building again. So administration, I'm, I'm talking to you. We have to do a job, a good job. But we're not talking about you, Freddie Stevens. Freddie Stevens gonna come back. Like I'm still a familiar <laughs> face. What about these guys that have been forgotten? They've been 20 years out. I know as, I know them as a legend, but these younger guys, you know what I'm saying? They don't really know them. Right. But when they come back, they can make an impact. They have a passion for this program. I think it's instrumental that we bring these guys back. So now, all right, you see, we're building something on the football field. But now we got an entire culture surrounding it, entire family. That's how we sustain this success for a long time. And then, you know, players like you coming back and with the message that you have for them is, is the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, Coach Tate's building young men. That, that's, what, that's what football coaches do. Yeah. At the high school level, you're building young men. You're trying to get them to the next level. You're trying to get them an education. But he's building young men, and you coming back, and and not just coming back to be on the sideline, but coming back, and and you know talking about your book and and showing the kids that hey, there's more to to life than football. You need to prepare yourself, whether it be in business or whatever you're gonna do. Most important thing is these grades right now because that's what's gonna get you further in life, Cole. Mm-hmm. So you know mm-hmm. you hear we're always talking about grades. And, and we put it on you kids to be adults. Like, like you got to handle your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, I commend you for that. And it wasn't, I wasn't, I, when I first saw, because uh, one of the parents shared your post. And uh, when I first saw it, like, in my mind, like I told you, I think the kids, you know, they're going to hang on everything. Like, this kid's got Lynn at a sc- as a screensaver. You know, mm. so I could just imagine what the kids on the sidelines are seeing you playing at Florida State, you know, and, and running people over and doing the things that you did and, and getting a shot at the NFL. That's big for them, you know, yeah. seeing a, a Lance Leggett and Terrell Parham, like the you know, Miami Hurricane player and Virginia Tech, like that's where they want to be. So when we say things, I was just like, oh man, we just worked so hard to get eight and zero, and and I know you didn't mean it like that, but I said the last thing I'm gonna do is get on this podcast and talk about this man because he is way too big to see me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just goes back to what um what I said about like when you go like I don't think it has any impact on them just just being honest because when I was in I was locked in I was locked in on balling nobody like I said I went to the school. When we played at Barton, we never made the playoffs. So uh-huh. it would have been easy for me to listen to the outsiders and just go to another school. These kids, they're making decisions. They're making decisions based off solely what they believe or what's going on within the program. And it wasn't like if you go back in my post. And one thing I'm not, I'm not no, I'm not gonna say like it's not gonna be proper. English. I might a lot of stuff I may say wrong, but in my head I know what I'm saying. And then <laughs> eventually, but um. Yeah, it wasn't a shot at them. It was just saying, all right, because like you said, Tate's done a hell of a job. And I think I told you earlier, he's done a hell of a job with his program, getting people back excited about Bartow football. But at, in the playoffs, it's a different level. It's a different – it isn't Polk County no more. Now you got to, all right, we got to be on our P's and our Q's. We got to be able to adjust fast because games like this, we're playing coaches – 
coaches that they can coach to. They can scheme up things too, and it's we're not just gonna be able to bully everybody. Some teams we may be better than, and they may be able to out scheme us. So at the, that level, I just think that was a learning lesson for our staff because I know for a fact they're in there now and they're like, all right, maybe I could have went to that because every coach goes through it, and it wasn't a shot at them because they did a hell of a job with the program, like I said. And I just think it's some things on the defensive side, like we made those adjustments. I think even with that, like us struggling on offense, we're getting in the rhythm. So later in the game, if we make those adjustments, we were stopping the run. I see it a game where Tech only has about three scores because it wasn't never. It was never a point in the game where I felt like this team is better than us. I felt like we're the better team the whole game. We just had to fight unfortunate circumstances with Lynn being up. But Tali started getting the rhythm with the run game, and then if we get a few quick passes out of him when they're throwing those screens. Now we're controlling the clock a little bit, and we're making coming back making stops. So that that could have changed the whole course of the game, and really that's all it is. But I, I don't think it'll um, make players leave at all. Why leave when you're building something special? Right. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't worry about players leaving, um, and, and maybe I put too much like like into it when I first saw it because of emotions and like uh, like just being mad about the whole situation. Uh, yeah. Another situation that adults made that screwed us. The whole playoffs situation. Like, yeah. how's Jenkins moving on? <laughs> how's Kathleen moving on? I don't want to talk about that game. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, every, we've said we'll come back stronger for this. Um, nobody's going to ask me, so I asked the question myself. If Coach Tate was going to ask me, like, what's your opinion, Jason? What, what can we do to get a little better? This is something I noticed, and I want to get y'all's opinion on all season long. Uh-oh. So when we had Mike Ayers, WBF uh, radio host, he he's the um, sideline reporter. We were talking to him about you know just football in general, and and he said one of the things he loved about Coach Tate <clears throat> was he didn't have thirty coaches on the sideline, you know, and it was just very. And I even brought up that I love the old school. The, you know, we don't have the headphones, gonna you know, run the play, boom, boom, and like old school smash mouth football. Well, one thing that I noticed from the practices, the couple practices that I've been at in the games, there's not enough coaching going on during game <clears throat> that I see. So when I played and when we went individuals, like the running backs had a coach, the wide receivers had a coach. Tate was over with the defensive linemen and linebackers. The quarterbacks had a coach. We had a special teams coach. Like everybody individually had their own coaches. Now, part of that may be coach building a program and not just wanting to bring in anybody to be part of it, which I 100% respect. But I think moving forward to help the program, um, some guys that are around that know Coach Tate. Um, I don't. I don't know how all that works and how many positions there are on a staff or whatever. Right. But I see where some, Coach Tate needs a couple of coaches on his staff that are on the same page as him, that understand him, that understand what he wants. Because Coach Tate is very good at getting on a kid and building them up afterwards. After he breaks them down, building them back up, that kid goes and sits on the sideline. Now. I think it was Mike Harris that was saying, you know, we don't need, or maybe Bruce Edmond, we don't need another coach going over there 
after this coach ripped them, then this coach rips them, then this coach rips them. I don't need that. Yeah. But what you do need is after Coach Tate or Coach Rob, and I don't even, I can't even tell you. This is, I can't even tell you who the defense coordinator is. To me, that's a little problem. I don't know who it is. So I bring it up because if I'm sitting in the stands and running a podcast for the team, and I haven't asked the question, which I could have. I've had plenty of opportunities to ask. Right. I haven't asked. I don't know who the def- I don't know who calls the plays on defense. I think it's the one white coach, but he looks like he's offensive line and defensive line too. And then they, there's another coach that works with the DBs in practice. Yeah. But I see he's the one on the sideline coaching. When them kids are on the side, he's the one over there getting X's and O's type of thing. Right. I just don't see it. Where somebody's going on the offensive line and hey, like we're really looking at you need to pull this way or you need, I, I I don't see that. Now I know they're getting coached up in practice. I know they're getting coached up on their film study. I know all that's there because that's a coach tape program. Right. But in game, sometimes you need like you got you are you you're talking to Jordy on the sideline. You know, um, that's a good thing, but. Does, do we have the coaching staff that is going to take the message that Coach Tate's given all week and in game make adjustments and hey, this is what you're doing wrong right here. I'm watching you. That yeah. that type thing. That's just me. I don't know what that, y'all think about that, that. That's exactly what I was talking about. Like when I said adjustments, it was never towards Coach Tate. I think it's some things as a head coach you just overseeing. Some things you don't even as a head coach in a game like that is going back and forth. He's expecting the guys on his staff to do their part. And I don't think – I don't know if we – the rest of the staff did Coach Taylor Coach do justice that game because, like you said, I don't think there was enough coaching going on in the sideline during the game. And guys are – of course, they got, like, pep talks, but I don't think – that's where my question came in as far as adjustments. Mm-hmm. Okay, we see Tate, he's, adjust, he's adjusting on the offensive side and trying to rally his guys together. But now we got these coaches that are they're um they have their positional the position the positional guys, and then you got your defensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't just me being the guy that knows ball. I don't I don't believe they put them guys in a position to be successful, especially when I was. Watching the game and from the sidelines, y'all could see y'all. We knew what was coming. Like, yeah. Anybody that watching the game knew what was coming. So my, it came to me. It was like, okay, I hear Coach Tate over there talking, but I don't know if it's being echoed because these guys are going out here running the same coverages, and that's what my question came in at. Like, and that's why I agree with you. He has to get some guys that understands what he's trying to do. Some guys that understand his culture because. Looking back at that film, and I I don't like point thing, but it is what it is. Film, like I said, film doesn't lie. They can say adjustments were made, but they weren't made. It mm-hmm. was it's just the simple reality of the situation. We played four and man all game. We may have switched up a little, a little variated it a little bit, but that was the bulk of the game, and it should have switched to a little variation of two once we started getting beat. And I'm not sure why we didn't make those changes on the defensive side. I think we could have neutralize them a little bit but I'm sure um, those conversations have been had and the guy that's had the success that Tate's had he's going to make he's going to make those adjustments I think this team is going I know you said 
that you don't know if Leno have an opportunity to play in the playoffs, but I'm going to make a bold statement and say he'll get an opportunity to make a deep run next year. I think this team has a lot of young young talent that's developing. I believe 98 is a freshman, if I'm not mistaken. The defensive lineman. Can look that up. Yes, he is. Defensive tackle. You got yourself. He's going to be a dog. And you got yourself. I saw him getting there a little bit later in the game. Guy that's going to continue to develop. A guy that's going to continue to grow. And he's going to end up being a leader. You got a freshman. I'm on the sideline telling guys to pick your head up. Like, y'all want this championship. Y'all going to have to fight for it. And some of the older guys got their head down. 98's on them. So, when you got that type of guy that isn't scared of the moment, and mm-hmm. he's only a freshman, they're going to only continue to grow. You got Jordy coming back. I think 26 is coming back. Lynn's coming back. And then you got Baker coming back, right? Yes. yes. You got, you're losing Dathan. You're losing a few other guys. But... And, and let's be clear, Simpson is a junior. He's going to be Tyler. Tyler, he, he's going to be he's a uh, number, number twelve. Number twelve. He's the one season. that made a play. I think it was a bubble screen play, but he is shifty. He was making them look real super silly. fast. So yeah, I'm looking forward to him next season. I, it's going Barto. I know everybody hated to see Barto balling this year. Everybody was against Barto. Oh my goodness! But yes. y'all gonna, y'all might as well get ready because we're coming back next year. Absolutely, yeah. ready to hate next year too. I guess well, it, I it's that. just part of being from Barto. I guess. <laughs> and whoever made the schedule for the playoffs, they were definitely not looking out for Barto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, was that was a tough game. So this, like, hey, like I said, this was. This is why we did do a podcast. I mean, most of the season we've been on here and just talking stats and, and the upcoming game, and like we haven't had adversity as a podcast either. You know, nope. starting mm-hmm. out. So this is a little adverse. I knew at some point it was going to happen. You know, at some <laughs> yeah. point I'm going to have to question my coach and say, Without "Hey, well, you know." But that's what that's what shows like this is, and and I'm very very um, thankful for the Facebook um, fans who gave you know things for us to talk about this uh episode and and randolph john's dad you know was critical in, in saying some things and this this is okay to have an opinion like, yeah don't, without a doubt like i don't you know give your opinion be respectful of the coaching staff and Most all that but, but you know what if we're talking about the kids and we have different perspectives and and, and different things guess what we're talking about the kids we're trying to bring light to the program, trying to build hype for the program, have ex-players on like yourself. So, hey, bring it. Like, if you see something, say it. But I like to, I like to see it coming to us, you know. And, and and the last thing that I want to see is any kind of divide in the team. And, and yeah, any, you don't any, want that. Anybody kind of questioning um, from a standpoint of negative. Right. You know, like have an opinion and and you're qualified to have that opinion more so than us for sure. But um it's I'm glad you came on. I'm glad this is a good um especially social media. Like when you see something on social media, don't think it's like however you read it or look at yeah. it. Like, you know, I, I I don't know you, but I know enough about you to know your character. And I was like, you know, nah. He ain't really taking a shot out, but yeah, I'm looking at I'm like, a shot, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I'm gonna take it. I'm real, like, I'm, I'm direct, so. So, but I mean, like, you look at things sometimes and you think it's one way, but then having a conversation and that, and that's what people need to do is have conversation. Yeah. It's all about perspective and realizing that is your perspective. That is one out of 
millions of other people's perspectives and you're going to see it one way naturally and someone else is going to see it the complete opposite and what's great you know is is when those two individuals communicate about it and can find a mutual ground kind of like we have here with freddie's comments and under really understanding what that individual meant you know and and, you know we we said earlier that the coaching staff's got um thick skin coach tate's been doing a long time i don't know these other coaches so, you know, for you guys, if, if you're tuning in, and I know one of them does, I'm not taking shots at you guys either. I think the coaching staff did the best they could with what they have. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for keeping your circle small, you know. I mean, I'm big on that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't blame Coach Tate at all for what he has there. I just feel like there's probably some people around that still want to be involved and uh, go out and help the program if Coach Tate wants it. I don't know. Like I don't yeah. know if there's going to be job openings like posted. Like, but I think they they need another three or four coaches that have a, a set role. And this is this is your role, and this is what you're doing because um you need all the help you can get. Yeah. Like you see yeah. how many players Tech had over there. I don't Absolutely. know how many coaches they had, but they had double the amount of players it seemed like than we had. So yeah, I think it's um I agree, but I just think it's something. It's tough because he also has to be careful with that. You can bring in some guys that may want to help, but then you got guys that have issues with authority. They want to be that guy. They yeah. want Coach Tate's um, position. Like a guy like some of the guys I talked with um, that love this program, that bled for this program, um, like myself, we want to help. So our, our um, criticism coming from a constructive place. We love that logo. We bleed that orange and blue. Nah, it's kind of weird to say since I went to Florida State. But, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, like, so whatever, like, Coach Tate needs, we're going to be willing to do it because he's the head coach of our, our ball club. So we want to see Bartow be successful. That's first and foremost. And whenever we see, like, situations like that and when we don't feel like they were putting a decision, we call that out as well. But at the end of the day, we're here to help. Right. So I think it's – um. Knowing the difference between constructive criticism, because you have some guys that probably come on and they're just negative. That's the divisive element of it. These guys got to stay together. I don't think this is the end of the road. Like I said, I believe this team's going to make a, a big run. You would have loved for it to be this, be this year. But when we look at that schedule, it would have been tough. Right. Like, just being honest, I think um, had we got past the Tech game, then you look at maybe at the Onward down the line, the Onward's a tough team. So I think – that tech game may have ended up being better for us for next year than anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. I mean, getting, you know, from my experience in coaching and soccer, you can get yourself in situations where you have coaches that kind of want to be where you're at and type of thing. And you hope that you can find the right fit for the program. And, and, but again, it doesn't need to be, um, somebody with a ton of, of playing experience just needs to be a, a leader yeah you, you need to have that leader type person like like i'm gonna throw you out there Wes. like a west type person could be a football coach if he knows what the boss wants yeah and so what do you, what do you want done and, and a lot of it is just hey listen observe relaying the message mm-hmm. yeah you know and you're relaying it in a little different way but are you giving the kid time to calm down? Okay, now let's talk about it. Uh, what do we need to do this? You know, and because the, they're still kids. Right, you know? first and, and foremost. But I think Coach, like you said, Freddie, he's going to make adjustments. That's what he does. 
and um, and the future is bright. I hope we got some talented, you know, some more freshmen coming in next season. I hope some kids are moving here. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think um, <laughs> the big, the biggest thing with um, if he does bring anybody else, like guys that are trying to come in and don't have an issue with serving. People kind of take that the wrong way. Like pride gets in the way, ego gets in the way. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, we're trying to help develop these young kids and the men. That's the biggest thing, first and foremost. Um, getting them prepared for life, life after ball. Whether they go on to play at the collegiate level, NFL, whatever it may be, that's first and foremost. So no matter what differences you have with the guys on staff, we all have one common goal. That's these kids first. Mm -hmm. So, coach takes the head ball coach. Understand that coming in, we all right. Whatever the head ball coach needs, he's done this for a while. He's been successful at it. We got to get that knocked out. You may not always agree. That, that is what it is. Like, you're not going to always agree. But we come to agreement. We agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, it's about these kids. Mm -hmm. So if coach tells you to do this and you don't you don't listen, that's that's a poison, that's a cancer type program. And I think um, going forward, if he does decide to make a decision, that's something he'll have to weigh in on critically. Because I think we got a lot of talent on this program and we can be successful as, as we continue to build this culture. And... Barto, I'm excited about it. We got that big thing that says home of champions. We know what a basketball squad is going to do. Now yeah. it's time for football to get another one in there. And I'm yeah. going to throw a name out there on the coaching on the coaching thing. It may have been a player that was on the sideline when you were a player at Barto, uh, Marcus Floyd. I think that's a good name. I think he's a pastor on a church in Barto. So that's that's a good name. I'm just throwing it out there, putting it in the universe. <laughs> I don't, um, I ain't gonna <laughs> listen. He's um, I talked with um, Mr. Floyd a few times. I got his number, and he's always a guy that reaches back out. He has a good relationship with my dad. They're both pastors. Um, and he's a guy that doesn't have an issue with serving. Like he's he bleeds that same yellow jacket blood that I bleed, and he loves. He loves the team. You'll see him sometimes. He's not on the sideline. He's somewhere in the stands watching. Mm -hmm. You gonna? It's not gonna be hard to find him at a Barto <laughs> game unless unless he's just busy that day. He's gonna make a way to come watch him some Barto football. Yeah. He loves this program and he'll do anything to make sure Tate's successful because it's all about making sure this team is successful first and foremost. It's about that logo. Yep, and that's why he he come to mind. He'd be a good fit. Yeah, it's fun playing fantasy coaching here. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead and uh, give a. Um, Shout out your podcast. Tell everybody a little bit about that. Yeah, we got a um, podcast called Double Fries No Slaw. It's a Florida State Center podcast. Um, we talk some Florida State. Sometimes we talk the national scene. We had a few national guests on ESPN, on CBS. We had some on, of course, over the course of the year. And of course, we just had Kirk Herbstreet on. It was um, it was exciting. It was fun because Kirk Herbstreet. When I look back to my playing career, I had a whole bunch of videos. My parents sending me and a lot of friends sending me out the game like, "Yo, Kirk Street showing you crazy love." So one day I tweeted him. He, <laughs> he made, always shows Florida State players a ton of love. <laughs> <laughs> he, always, he was always showing. He's like, "Man, I love fullbacks." That's what he said on the show. So I tweeted him one day. He posted the top six in college football, and he had Florida top of, on top of A and M. And I was like, "Yeah, I like Florida. They're a tough team, but um." We may have to mix um, A&M in here at some point because that's the only team that's beating Florida. And I feel like Florida's the top team, one of the top teams in the country. So A&M has to get in that talk because ever since they played Florida, Florida's looked a lot better. But A&M's been blowing everybody out as well. And he responded. He was like, yeah, um, I just think 
Florida's been a lot more dominant since then. He just broke broke it down. But he's like, if A&M can put a few more games together, they'll definitely be in that conversation. So I reached back out. I was like, man, y'all was showing me love when I played. I would love for you to come on. He reaches back out immediately. I would love to. Let me know when and I'm on there. And DMs go back and forth. We exchange numbers. And I think it's just a guy like that with um, his position in college football as a top commentator, um, radio personality. Um, he came on. And the biggest thing for me when he first came on was, of course, he already knew me. But my co-hosts, they're huge fans. Biggest thing, how down to earth he was, addressing them by name like he's known them for years. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I could deal with somebody like that. And then he reaches out. Um, I reach out to him after, telling him I appreciate him coming on. And he was like, man, anytime you ever need me, I'm always here for guys that played and are trying to transition to the next phase of life. So whatever you need from me, I got you. And you saw that when he came on and he was showing love to the co-hosts. Like, of course, he saw me play in the Dallas, me and Dalvin Cook, probably the best backfield in Florida State history. Got the best back in Florida State history. And, of course, he's going to remember that. But to show those guys that look up to you that much love, mm-hmm. he could have big dogged him like, I'm just here to talk to Freddie. But he didn't. And right. I respect that. Absolutely. And, uh, con- you know, congratulations on the show. I-, I love to see people doing podcasts. Um, you know, it- it's another – like you said, with, with building things for the future and, and outside of football, it's just a, another thing to do. And, and that could open up doors for you in the future. So stick with it. And, and you say you're working on another show, so let us know when that's out so we can tune the, the, in. The next show, it's in the, it's in the works. <laughs> but um, I'm a, y'all know Polkway. Yeah, mm-hmm. we All know right. him very well. So I'm trying to get with Polkway. Of course, you know my Black. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and last leg, we're trying to do a thing. It's going to be Polk County guys that have all played at the next level and had shots in the NFL, but we're going to talk about ball, life, and just keep it entertaining, keep it fun. And I think that'll be really big for our area, and I think it'll be something that may have the opportunity to be seen from different aspects of the country and just talk about the transition from athletes to the real world and different things we have to go through and some of the other things that go on in the world. I know if we get to stand together, it's just in the, we're talking about it now, we got to sit down and have the meeting. But one of the biggest things I want to have a conversation about on the show is Amaya's um, wife, she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's one of the most under underappreciated jobs in America. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I want to give a shout out to one of my teachers right now, Miss um, Cobb. She, when I broke my leg, the injury I told you when I was bed bound, I was getting homeschooled and I couldn't find a math teacher. They said I would have to drop out of class if I couldn't find a math teacher for my homeschool. They would call me on the phone, go over my lessons with me, and I would just knock it out. I didn't have a math teacher. They didn't have a math teacher for the, for the um, online course. So Miss Cobb volunteers because they're going to drop me out of school. She volunteers to come to my house every day, give me my lessons, go over the lessons with me, and she gets paid no extra for it, never brags about it. Nobody even knew. They, wow. they didn't know until I, I spoke about it. And this is what teachers sacrifice on a daily basis. So just um, bringing attention to different topics in the world, um, having fun, just talking about life outside of football. Of course, we'll talk sports. That's a part of our life, but there's bigger things going on in the world. But shout out to all the teachers out there that give their all to these kids. And we're talking about possibly doing a Polk County 
football show as well. So if if you know we can link up, hopefully if we do that with you guys, and, and I love to talk to to Lance, and and I'm working on a '96 kind of reunion show. I have Terrell and Mitch Murphy, Josh Palmer, some of the guys that I know come on and just kind of maybe coach. Uh, what was his name um, that was coaching then? Danny Smith having him come on and just kind of giving some props to that 96 team that won the state and ton of different things that we're looking at doing with the program and bringing we One of the things um, for this is, you know, we, we've had Lynn on, I don't know a lot of the players personally, and I was doing this the first year and I've got coaches blessing like to have Lynn on and we had the center on uh, EJ and uh, we're going to have Maurice Bell on and, um, who's the other player? Tolly? Yeah, Tolly, the senior. Um, for sure, we've already kind of talked about that. But I, I want to give these kids some exposure to doing this, you know, because, you know, I'm sure you've seen it in the locker room in Florida State. Like, coaches only allow certain players, and so, you know, you got to earn your stripes kind of to get to talk to the media. And then in college, some programs are more open when they let the kids say whatever, and that's when you get those hot headlines. But at our program, you got somebody um, that's done it that long and seen en- enough of the headlines. They kind of coach you up, so you can't really say what you want to say. Like, <laughs> you got you got the answer before you go in, there, but you got the answer to the test. So a lot of these guys, um, when they get to that that pro that pro level, say some of these guys going to the pros or whatever it may be, and now it's like you go in. When I went to the senior bowl, it's the first time I'm talking to a reporter, and it's like, I don't like, I can say whatever I want. And a lot of guys don't know how to handle that. You're pausing and stuff, and you're trying to make sure you say the right thing. So getting guys exposure to that, and it's great because I was a guy, if you go back and ask all my teammates, I never, I never talked. Like, I had a few select guys that when I got around them in college, I cut up. But other than that, they called me Silent Killer. They called me Silent Killer. Like, <laughs> it's like, man. Whatever whatever we ask him to do, he's going to do it. He's going to lead the line, and he's going to run through a wall for all of it. That's, that's what I was known to do. I didn't talk much. I just got it done. And now to see me talking so much, they find it. Like, because I've always been goofy, but it was kind of like, it was a, in the small, like, with the guys I was tied around, i always been goofy. But now, like, just networking and just doing things like this, I've come out of my shell. And I think that's, that'll help a lot of guys along their, along their journey because a lot of guys – You'll, bring, you'll see them in interviews. They struggle with speaking in front of people. And I think the communication class I took my senior year of college is kind of what helped me get out of that shell, learn, learning how to talk in front of a room of people. I didn't know that was my biggest fear. And it's, <laughs> it's the same thing for other guys. Like, they can sit in front of two people right here, and it, it'll feel like 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got to expose those guys to that. Yep. Well, uh, we're going a little long here today. So before we let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. And um, do a little national, from a national perspective for college football. Give us your top five. Top five. Um, all right. This time you can't put FSU there. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, been a while. Um, I'll tell you Alabama. Roll Tide. I know Notre Dame's the number two team, but I don't believe in Notre Dame. Mm. Um, so I'm taking Ohio State. Respect. Said top five. Mm-hmm. I'm going Florida at three. Okay. Oh, over Clemson. Yeah, I'm going Florida at three. Oh, I'm taking Clemson at four. All and right. I put Texas at number five. Yeah. 
Who at five? A&M? Yeah, A&M. Okay. Does A&M play? A&M's making some they noise. Played, this they already season. played Alabama, right? So they really don't. Yeah. They may get themselves in a situation just because of not being in it. They get in it. You know, if, if let's just say Florida loses to Bama in the SEC yeah. championship game, Texas A&M, I mean, they're going to be hard to be not put number four. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of football left to play, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But the Gators <laughs> are in a good. I this is the one year I feel like we match up against Bama. Yeah, for the first time in a long time. So I really would like to see us play Bama. So hopefully they both keep winning and and we can see that matchup. And all I'm gonna say is take the over in that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gonna uh-huh. be, it's gonna be a lot of points scored. I think so, especially given our unfortunate defensive struggles this year. Um, obviously the virus doesn't help anything, but, and then your guys is just explosive offense. I mean, Trask has look, I mean, he's a senior this year, correct? Yeah, but mm-hmm. he's got, uh, he had another year of eligibility before COVID. Yeah. Well, so I don't know what he's going to do. I'm, I'm sure he's going to go to the NFL, but yeah, nonetheless, he's, he's looked phenomenal. One of the like, best quarterbacks in the, in the, in on the college level right now, if not the best multiple records. Yeah. Well, what Kirk said on your show was, uh, he didn't think that anybody would put up the kind of numbers that LSU did last year for a long time or if ever. And here's Florida in the very next season doing it. So Kirk can't, I was going to say it on a um, show, but we switched over to another topic. People got to realize that the only team that truly tested LSU last year was Florida. Mm-hmm. Alabama, LSU was in control of that game the whole entire game, and Alabama made a push late. LSU, I mean, Florida, it was a point where I felt like Florida may have blown the game because they were clearly, when you watch the game, the better team. It's just a few possessions where they didn't cash in in the red zone. They cost themselves. I feel like they um, should have came out with that, and you see you see that going into this year. They came right back firing, and so – it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to tough to beat them in trash, man. Listen, you got Kyle Trash and you got Kyle Pitts and you got Kadarius Tony. Like, I'm a Florida State guy, but I'm a, a fan of the game first. Likewise, like, yeah, they they those, those are some exciting guys on that on that team. And then you got Grimes, and then you once they get the guy Copeland going, there's a lot of weapons. Zipper yeah. from Lakeland, he's getting involved now. I see them using him a little bit more. So. Man, it's going to be tough to stop. (laughs) (laughs) They're looking good. They're looking good. And they got some new guys on the squad coming in. Demarcus Bowman from Lakeland. Uh, I think Javon Dexter, I think he's getting some snaps now. They'll start feeding him a little more. It's going to be fun. They're looking good. That's going to end up being, if not next year, he's going to be a multi-year All-American. He's making a splash early on, and I think he'll only continue to Developing, then you got Ventrell Miller on that side. Shout out to Polk County guys. Yeah. So you you brought up um, Polk Polkway. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask a question since we got you here. Um, <laughs> did, okay, he was on the sideline of the game. Yeah. Friday night. Right. Um, Bartow sideline. Yep. Was that him that was running the 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 Lynn Johnson fan account where he yeah the name yeah that was so is it, it was he trolling Lynn or is he is because I seen the one tweet where he's like uh, Linda thinks I don't like him but uh, you know I'm a big fan like was that I think um see the <laughs> and I talked to him I talked to him about it um just us not having success in a while everybody felt like this is where it all started. 
when Barca was undefeated, everybody felt like they should have been number one in the rankings. And my whole perspective was that, okay, Lake Gibson was probably on paper probably the most talented team in Polk County. So I was looking at them like, all right, that may be a number one, but Lake Gibson didn't beat Lakeland. So right. when they had Lakeland at the top and people are mad about it, they thought they thought it was being biased. I'm like, listen, Lakeland's losses, all their losses have came outside of Polk County. So you can say, okay, they aren't the best team. Cool, but the team that's on paper, the best team in Polk County, all these stars, they couldn't beat Lakeland. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if Lakeland got five losses outside of the county. Nobody in Polk County beat them. And I, I don't think it was biased. It was just it was just being real. I said Bartow has to um, win a few more games and get a test for people to finally start respecting them. And a lot of people, didn't, they gave us crap all year saying that, we had an easy schedule. We've been playing the same schedule we've been playing for years. It's just now we're dominant. So mm-hmm. it's an issue now. We haven't switched up anything. So, but yeah, I don't, I think that's where it came from. A lot of people felt like he was being biased and he was, you see a lot of posts where he was showing love as well, but that's, that's where it came from. But at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta realize he a Lakeland guy. You know, Lakeland, <laughs> Lakeland, Lakeland guys don't want to give us no credit. Okay, it, it makes sense now. It makes sense. Of course. But now he, he, he showed us love, but I think a lot of people's worries, and it was mine as well, like how will we respond in the playoffs when we get a little bit of adversity? And I don't think we expected that much adversity not to have our quarterback. No. So. Yeah. That, that was a pretty rough situation the guys were put in, but uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, I know we're going to come back next season and, and have a great year. Uh, but it's going to be rough because oh, uh, yeah. Winter Haven's going to have a good, good young. They had a good young team this year, so you know I, it'll come down to the Tater Bowl, hopefully again. But you next never, year, you never know baby. what's going to happen around the county. Um, next week, so, so everybody that's that's listening, next week we'll kind of wrap up the football season outside of the interviews, of course. But we're going to do um, offensive, defensive players of the year kind of awards kind of a team MVP, and then some maybe individual awards, and we'll talk about that a little bit as we okay. move forward. But that's kind of the plan next week, and then we'll break down um, once I can get some information from the basketball staff on the boys and girls team and, and talk about some other sports that are going on right now with Bartow. Um, this is a Bartow Jacket Breakdown podcast. It's not just football. So we will be covering the basketball. If you know softball makes a run, baseball makes a run the playoffs, we're going to try to show everybody love, the same amount of love we've, we've done for the football team. Absolutely. Freddie, I appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, I appreciate welcome. y'all having me on. Welcome anytime, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll be doing this a long time, so we'll be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, uh, Jacket fans, uh, thank you for listening to Facebook. We appreciate everybody. I can't even see how many people logged on, but I saw we had some people there, so we appreciate you guys Three tuning currently. in. Yeah, there was more earlier, huh? but uh We'll see everybody next week. We appreciate you. Peace.